this. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. And of course, AL. And today, y'all, we're going to take you on a musical journey with Jave Music. You can check her out out while you listen to our interview at javaymusic.com she is a singer songwriter and a woman full of passion and i'm gonna come out and say it rage Jave, welcome to the show oh my god hi thank you for having me i i don't i don't hold back so i'm just gonna jump right into it um and let the audience know my wife and I had, we had dinner with the Rileys as Gervais and her husband. And if anything ever happens to that man, I mean, anything, if lightning strikes, I'm going <laughs> to blame his wife because I saw burn slow. I saw knock me down. And then at the end, you know, she was wrong. I need to just let her know this is proof that he got to be safe. Uh <laughs> You know, he he has to be. Tell tell us about your musical journey. Where did so, it start? <laughs> I actually started out like battle rapping in high school and I could always sing but I started battle rapping and I was kinda like hustle dude downtown. Like, you know, everybody would want to rap and sell their music or whatever and I would just be like, Well, you know what, if your music is better than me then I'll buy your music, but if not, you got to give me how much your music costs. So I would hustle dudes oh, wow. because they never, <laughs> they were looking at me, they would never think I could battle rap. So I would do that. I won everything you could think of in college and in high school, and nobody knew I could sing the entire time. And then I got in a relationship, and it was pretty tumultuous, and I couldn't rap anymore. Like, All I could do was sing. I had to go to my first love. And that's actually how <laughs> the album that you're speaking about came about like years on and on. And music and it wasn't an outlet and it turned into an album. Um to pick me Hold on, Jave you still there? Yeah, yeah, we definitely lost it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We'll 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 come back and um, you know, it happens like that with technology. She'll be back, and no, we won't edit it out, folks. We'll give you the real, the raw, the gritty, um, you know, battle rap. So that's where that rage comes from. Yeah, I was. I definitely had some questions about that. I was listening to the SoundCloud this morning. Yeah, it, it, we'll it's jump. We'll jump. The track. Yeah, I'm sure she'll she'll come right back. All right, you're 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 back. We can hear you. Yeah. We 
and we give it to the people raw. So we heard the battle rap. Keep going. Yeah, so just battle rapping. I was rapping full time. Um, and then I just, I don't know if you guys heard about that's how I transitioned into singing or did it go out before that? I heard tumultuous relationships and like, yeah, I had to go to my so first love. I wrote, I wrote a song called Heartbreak. And like in the video, I'm stopping and he's actually at the video shoot. They used him to kind of bring out those emotions in me. But that song um, was basically, it redefined my life. Um, it was the reason I wrote the album. It basically propelled me into the place where I could sing full time. I went to New Orleans and was on Canal Street and was singing. And one of the club owners heard me and it got me on ship singing. It got me singing at BB King all around the world. Like that song changed my life and changed the trajectory of my music. So I just, I wrote about, I can only, for me personally, I can only write about my experiences if I'm writing for other people. Based on conversations I have with them, I can write anything. But for me, in order for it to convey the raw emotions that I'm feeling, it has to be about my personal life. So that's why that album is so angry, <laughs> because I was really angry. Um, but towards the end of the album, you can hear where I'm softening and I'm admitting my part in the relationship's ultimate demise and how I kind of like healed from it and walked away from it. Um, and I hope that's what people get from it. That's what's up. Okay, okay. Here's a question for you. Uh, considering okay. the uh, affinity for hip-hop, rap, uh, the culture, um, who who were some of your early uh, hip-hop influences coming up, and are they the same influences now? especially with all the changes and all the evolution that uh, that the genre is going through? So, for sure, Nicki Minaj, and she still is. Um, Queen Latifah, like, she's my person. I love her so much. Missy um, Elliott, Gangsta Boo, she's from Memphis. Lil Chat, she's from Memphis. Um, and those are pretty much, like, as far as hip-hop is concerned. Right? And it's going to be weird, but I don't even really listen to rap. I'm, like, more into EDM, but I said it's weird. Okay. I just don't like the way rap is now. Um, but, okay. but, but for sure, those people back in the day. Okay, okay, okay. So then this leads me to my next question. Top five rappers that are alive. <laughs> um, Nicki Minaj. Uh, um, Nas, um, Jay-Z, um, Rakim, and Lil' Kim. Okay, okay. And, and what what is it about uh, their skill set that uh, impresses upon you? So the delivery, the lyrics. Um, the conviction behind everything that they say, the switch up, the way that they are able to switch their styles, but still, you know it's them when you hear their music come on. And also, the longevity of their careers. The legend. So, the, 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 the rap 
and 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 we got the rage with and and then you said gangster boo and so that makes sense for a, a, a lot of stuff because we know you know y'all y'all be um what, what's that walk y'all do in the club in memphis uh you know that that bounce that can tear the club up um the gangster walk. The, the gangster walk, yeah. And so, so, so it starts with, with it, it. It starts with the rap, then it goes into the the music. When does it become a professional thing? Where then you're going around the world singing. Talk about that journey and how you even got that opportunity. So I was working at a college, um, and they came in on Wednesday. Hey, you guys, we're closing on Friday forever. <laughs> Like randomly, (laughs) and I was like, "Oh my god!" And the boyfriend was actually like, "You know what? I don't want to be with you anymore." I was like, "How am I going to support myself? Unemployment is like nothing. All I know how to do is music." Um, and they gave me like a severance package, and I was like, "Okay, so what am I going to do with this this money that I just got out of nowhere? It's not a lot, but what am I going to do?" So again, it went back to heartbreak. I shot the video. And, like, I was crying in the video and in the video shoot, and I was just like, you know, I've had enough. And so that, like, maybe two months later, I packed up everything I had, cut off all my lights in my apartment, and moved to New Orleans. And I was like, I'm going to get a job singing. (laughs) And I ended up getting a job singing um, on Bourbon. And then one of the, I guess he was like a tour um, manager for one of the cruise ships saw me and asked me would I want to audition. And I was like, sure. And I sang my song, Heartbreak. I always host all the shows with Heartbreak. I would do covers, but I was like, I have to be able to do my own material. Long story short, I ended up getting on a cruise ship just from my song alone. And I closed every night on the cruise ship with my song, ended up getting other gigs. And I did that for five years straight, like no other job, (laughs) just singing. And it paid the bills. Wow. But that's what what's did it. That, what's that saying? <laughs> look, look at God. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to leap out on faith sometimes. And I, I felt yeah. like me leaving was the only way I was going to able, be able to, like, really get away from him. It was really leaving that that helped me. So, Yeah. And where did you venture off to? Tell the people about some of your travels and, you know, some um, how that experience was different than uh, singing in the United States. So Germany, uh, Belgium, um, uh, we went to Italy, China, Alaska, even though that's in the United States, um, Mexico, um, all of the European uh, countries. Um, and, you know, I feel like Germany was probably the only experience where I probably wouldn't want to go back. Um, But everywhere else, especially me having a darker hue, I was more accepted than I've ever been anywhere else. Um, Artistically, um, everybody wanted to talk to me. Everybody wanted to be around me. I was enough. and And I had never really experienced that while singing over here in America. Um, I had always been told, oh, you're pretty, but you're dark, you know, so I never got that when I was overseas, like never, not once. So I think for me, it helped 
with my self-esteem. It helps me understand, you know, whether I can do this, even though I have a darker melanin. It was, and it was healing as well. And I got to learn so much about myself and about people. And it was a culture shock too. Um, but it was probably one of the best times of my life. Can can you get deeper into? We had a conversation at dinner. Germany. I I, I don't. I've all the places I've been. That's the only place I'd be like, I'm ah, I'm cool. And I know a lot of you know soldiers like it because the women use them for their money. But if you're not a soldier, <laughs> um, it, it, it to me it just seems. For me, it, it just seems so much like. America, if you don't speak the language, the people look at you a certain way. What's your what was your take on that? And also talk about your favorite place. I already know what, what it is, but talk about your favorite place <laughs> and dive more into, you know, how they embrace you even more. But hit Germany real quick. I want them to change their ways. So Germany, as soon as we poured it, um everybody predominantly was black. There was so many instances where it was a lot of racism, like from the moment we got off the ship um, to the point where we were like, we need to get back on the ship. Um, soldiers do not, the soldiers that we encountered, they do not like black people. Um, so we felt a little taken aback and we were really uncomfortable and we didn't even get to enjoy Germany because we were afraid. So we were just like, we're just going to get back on the ship. It's a lot of racism. Um it still feels like maybe there they're still segregated in a way. They have to be. If people can, you know, basically tell you to go back somewhere. Um, and I actually have a couple of favorite places, but I would love to live in France or Italy um, or London. <laughs> I love Europe as a whole. Um, and just the culture the way that they dress, the accent, um, the way they embrace you and make you feel like you are like the most famous person in the world. Um, and they think I don't I don't know if it's just because they don't have a lot of African Americans, but they they it feels like they think almost every black person is famous in some way. <laughs> um, whether it's reality T V or basketball, I don't know, but they think everybody black is somebody important. Which is great I guess. Wow. Um but it's it's fantastic. I want to live there eventually, but dual citizenship is a whole other beast. So, but it's fantastic. Okay, yeah, and dual citizenship don't don't get it twisted. We don't have to be citizens to stay. We can be permanent residents, and you know, citizenship citizenship comes with taxation. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> You be, be careful sometimes what you what you ask for because you you you'll be you know it's like leaving here you're still gonna have to pay a certain amount of tax even though they give you um a break um but you know it's not a six figure break so yeah that's that's I just that. don't want to be trapped somewhere <laughs> that's like the whole thing I don't want to be trapped like that's what I keep thinking about being trapped somewhere because I give up citizenship somewhere else. So I think about that. Well, I'm gonna tell you, you gonna have problems getting uh, citizenship once they hear your music, anyway. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is she coming? Is she in a good relationship or a bad? That's gonna be one of the questions they ask you in the interview, because we don't want it to burn slow wherever you know <laughs> she, um, you you end, you end up. Oh my 
my god, hilarious. Well, that that is why I'm working on new music <laughs> because the songs are not about my husband. Um, but I met him when I was still working on it and transitioning out of it. So I had to finish the album, but it's not about him. And I feel so bad for him when he's at shows and people think I'm so distraught because I'm singing this music and I'm actually in a happy, healthy relationship, you know? Um, but you got to give people, because I have to relive what I went through in order to convey that on stage. So I, it's draining, you know. I'm Sometimes I'm crying by the time I'm done with a set because I've had to go so deep into my emotions and make people believe that that's what I'm still feeling. I, yeah, that that that's 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 deep. That's that's deep, and the songs are deep. And no, it's not a it's not about him. And her husband is a great guy. Uh, Al, he's a um, a marine, a former marine, but you know, once a marine, always no. marine. But also, you know, skilled in the, the, the martial arts, huh? I said again. You talk about me. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm t- talking about her husband. Oh, this is my brother. You know, that's definitely not me, Kel. Yeah, no, no, no. Her, 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 her husband. Her, her, her husband is is is. Uh, I was like, yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, no, 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 no. You right. T- tell us though, when what what's the the struggle of doing music now that you're off the ship, out of uh, Europe, back in America? Um, the market here is saturated. Uh, how easy is it to you know pursue the music, and what are some of the challenges that that you have? So it's nothing like it was before I left to come back. Social media was not as heavily present when I was marching as hard as I could at a certain point. Um, so that is definitely different. I'm learning the algorithms on when to post, how to post. I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how to make it through the new changes. Um, and then it seems like popularity has um, definitely taking over more so to talent, more in a way that I've ever seen. Um, everything is sexualized. It wasn't as bad as it is now. Like, everybody's just twerking and then that's it. There's no real music. Um, and everybody does music. Like, everybody. Like, reality stars. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And it also may be, again, because of social media, now we can actually see everyone that does music. Versus, you know, you just go to a performance and then you see people. Um, it's been a, a real challenge, but I don't want to go back overseas and just be a singer overseas. So I'm trying to figure out a way to bring my success from over there over here. Um, and it's challenging. I don't really have any answers on how to, to do it. Oh. Uh, Al, you might you might chime in on that. He's the um, algorithm king and also does music. Give some game on that. Um, I I would say a lot of um, where things are currently and where they're headed in the future um, has a lot to do with what's going on uh, with social media currently. Um, it it comes down to 
uh, on the the artist as a brand side, being able to partner with other brands to create leverage and more visibility. And then on the social media side, uh, two major tenets that uh, pretty much separate yourself from everyone or like the noise around you comes down to consistency and frequency. The more consistent frequently you as a content creator are able to be, the more people will be able to see you, hear you, and everything else in between. Okay, that makes sense. A lot of um, like there's there's a there's a gentleman uh, that we um, that you know that we that we we crit- we critique for for some of his gems uh, like a lot of uh, a lot of like the the urban community is is now uh, is now on their conscious consciousness um, but like Gary V he like he talks a lot about content but mm-hmm. one thing that he doesn't mention about content is the consistency and the frequency of that content. Like once you're able to maneuver around the algorithms, know when to post, when you have the knowledge how to post, makes a great deal of difference than just posting all the time or inundating followers with so much content. There's definitely rhyme and reason to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm noticing. That's what we've been trying to figure out. Um, so, and I'm working on trying to get a Vegas residency as well. I was super close. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm working on that because that would definitely propel me um, into more um, and bigger and brighter things if I could get that done. So that's another thing that I'm hoping happens super soon. Well, well your mouth to God's ear, back down his blessing. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's from your mouth to God's ear, back down his blessings. All right, I'm with it. <laughs> well, well Javay, you, you before before you hit Vegas, um, you, you know, you said you're in in Seattle. I know, I know that. Um, how have you seen the scene here? Um, being able to perform and uh, and also, you know. Are they paid performances? Are they, you know, are Seattle more looking for, you know, freebie? Hey, come try your thing out on this open mic. So um, it's been a mixture. I think the one of the worst experiences was in Tacoma. Um, we were re- referred to a club owner and we showed up, spoke with the club owner. Things were great. But the night of him wanting to see me, I guess kind of audition. Um, we were treated really rudely and like, like we were the help, <laughs> which was hilarious. Um, so of course we left. Um, then they heard about me from another event and wanted to book me after that. Um, but I never went back. So it's been either really passive aggressive club owners or there's really no space for me. Um, because I've outgrown open mics, but I feel like I'm having to almost backtrack because I'm not known here. Um, and then when I do attend something, there is no space for me. It's like heavy metal, <laughs> um, <laughs> hard rock, <laughs> and like folk music. And I'm an R&B artist, 
hip hop, like there, there is no in between. I can do a little pop, but I'm not, you know, that's not my spectrum. So it's been really difficult with that. Okay. Well, you, you well, you know, folks out out here are some of them are so high and don't get in relationships. You need to start singing about dogs and how you broke up with your dog <laughs> and how your your dog, you know, went to the bathroom on the neighbor's lawn. And then people can really get and feel that because this is a very passive aggressive beta male, um, you know, place we're in. If the males even in, I won't even go there. I'm going to tame the tongue on that one. But it's not a lot of, uh, I would say, you know, R&B lovers, so it seems. Unless you're you're singing about your dog and how cute that thing is. So. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I've. I'm, I went to one place where they have some variation of R&B, but, um, yeah, that's it. And then I had a friend who moved here from Atlanta. She tried to start an R&B night, but nobody would come. And she tried for, like, two months straight. Like, it, nobody would come. So, it's just, I don't, we don't know. I was like, we just going to end up leaving. Like that's probably what's gonna happen. <laughs> to like R and B, you have to like sex. That means you don't you put away your blow up doll. You you put away you know all the other mm-hmm. items people do not to talk and engage with people in this area, um, unless they're trying to you know maybe have one child, maybe two at the most. But yeah, it's it's not um yeah people are just you know they're on they're on something else they're not ready for your song three way you know and um <laughs> you know which, which if folks check three way yeah. out it's like the it's not what you think <laughs> well yeah it, it it's like the updated me and mrs jones like you know we got a lot going on and we need to you know figure out um what's gonna happen but um, I I don't think it. You know that song. It wasn't stopping. I I I, I dig that song and whatnot. Um, I I really did. And and and, it, and you know what? If you put your song three way, in crazy bitch, men would say, "Hold on, let me really think about this before I do this." This woman might go crazy. Then at the end, you put "Burn Slow." My goodness, like you know what? It ain't really worth it. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> it is not. It is not. That's so funny. I have not no, Kelly, in so long. <laughs> no, Kelly, you bring up a, a very valid, um, very valid point. Like a lot of great artists kind of get swept under the rug, <clears throat> or attention is averted from them because, like you know, the the content isn't um, overtly sexual. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, you got your Jasmine Sullivan's and your Seven Streeters yep. that are almost forced yeah. to conform because because of where the the mainstream focus is. Mm-hmm. And like I they're, was they're just talented singers and, and and songwriters. You know what I mean? Yeah, Fantasia. Like, I mean, there's yeah. so many who don't get even Kelly Rowland. She's I yeah. mean, was in the biggest group in the world, but when she puts out something solo, it does nothing. I mean, some of the music isn't, um, I feel like, up to her standards um, of what she's done in the past. So that could be a part of it, but I also feel like if someone else sang it, like, that was more popular, it would still be a hit because it's from them. 
I see what you're saying, yeah. And so, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Well, let, let's remember that, you know, we don't need the masses to enjoy our art for it to be great art. We just need our tribe. Uh, I like to mention Seth Goldwyn, who's real popular out there, real popular author and speaker. And he talks about even how, you know, the Grateful Dead and even Bob Dylan, they didn't have, you know, the Rolling Stone type following. And that we just need to be able to find our tribe, those who do like love music, like making love to people, you know, um, the... (laughs) I got, I got to stress that uh, and, and that they can, you know, that they, they, they like a, a, a nice, you know, um, a, a nice song to get down with good or bad, you know, because even, even you said you hadn't listened or thought about three way in a, a long time. I, where did that song, that's a true story. Uh, uh, you, you don't it have is. to admit it. You, yeah, that's a true no, story. No, it is. I, yeah, all my songs are that. true stories. <laughs> Um, so I, <laughs> I had a friend when I was 11, he was a lot older. He was a musician. I was obsessed with him. When I became of age, I found out he felt the same way about me, but he had a relationship and nothing ever came about between us. So I did exaggerate about that part. Uh, we never did anything physical, uh, but the feelings were there and she found out about it. It was like a whole mess, a big blowout. I didn't care. I wrote a song. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so you're not going to talk to me no more? Okay, I'm going to write a song. So I wrote a song. And uh, it, yeah. And there's this um, small TV show that actually played it. And I got a lot of gigs from that song because they played it. Um, but, yeah, that's how the song came about. He what show? It, by what show? Um, it's called, it's called is based out of Atlanta. But they have like 3 million followers. And it's called Stud? Stud, S-P-U-D-Z-I-L-L-E. It's an LGBTQ show. Oh, so, I was, I was going to inquire a little bit deeper into that, but say you already answered <laughs> the question I was going to ask. Yeah, one of my fans or supporters or whatever, she actually submitted the song to the TV owner lady of the show um, and that's how they started playing and she emailed me and was like do you mind if I play the song I was like sure so they loved it and it did a lot for me and those same people still follow me I just haven't put out any new content <laughs> man that's 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 awesome talk about you know when you get a song played on a TV show we've had um you know others who've come and say, hey, my song got picked up all the way in Australia. I've never been to the States, but people hear me. How, how does that work for you? And, you know, m- most people, when they see you on TV or hear you have a song on the radio, say, oh, now you're rich. And, you know, you can right. go buy your Bentley. Talk, talk about that, how that, that worked out. Oh, so no, I'm not rich. I do not have a Bentley. Um, it, it was, it's, what happened was it opened me up to the LGBTQ community. So it gave me a lot of fans from that, that space. Um, and then the TV creator actually flew me out and, um, and it to Atlanta to perform at one of her events. We've been, we have had a really strong relationship since then. She actually 
just got picked up by Netflix. So her show is going to be on Netflix, and I'm working on content for that. Um, but it just, it, I didn't get paid financially. <laughs> I got paid in other ways. Um, just by booking shows and people buying my music from her, giving me exposure because she has such a huge following. Um, and I got to see people's reactions because initially it was on YouTube. That's where the show used to be. And you could see people commenting, who's that singing? Who's this girl? How do I sign this song? Like thousands upon thousands of comments. So it was really great to see people enjoying something I was just having fun doing when I created the song. Um, and finding me, emailing me, Instagramming me, trying to get the song, and they're still asking me about the song. Like it's still weird that they're still so into the song, but it was it was amazing. Now we get up all up in your business uh, up here, so I'm gonna <laughs> take that. I'm gonna take that even further because you weren't married then at the time. I wasn't, <laughs> and that it was Studville. You're an attractive woman. You're flown out. At any time, do you think of playing the role like we see now? I mean, we'll just say Little Nas X. Some say, wait, he's playing the gay role so the community will, you know, will will, will keep, you know. Was there any pressure to be like, hey, yeah, I can get down with this. And, you know, y'all keep buying my music and not to say, hey, I like you know, this, that, the other, at any way, did you kind of, you know, play the, the game you needed to play to get that community? Not once. I mean, I was hit on a lot, Um, but I would, I would always, and I'm very private, so people never knew when I was in a relationship anyway. Um, So people, their approaches to me have always been like, like they're scared to say something to me in a romantic way anyway because of how I am when I'm in that mode. But I never had anybody like really hit on me. They would just be like, oh, you're pretty. Oh, my God, I love your music. But it was never like, hey, baby. What's that? So I never really had any issues. <laughs> okay. I was good. Yeah, and I never had to play that role. I, I, would, I would feel bad playing people like that. Okay, they must have heard your your other songs and said, "Uh-uh, we we gotta come correct, no matter who. If not, it's gonna be heartbreak, and and we're gonna have an issue." So, so no, I I just I just wanted to to see because a lot of folks say you know to make it big in music, you gotta have a gimmick, you gotta you know uh, some say you gotta sell your soul, this that the other, and um. You know, I, I really could care less what little Nas X is or not. I mean, I ain't got no stress. You know, I've been through all yeah. that. No kick on back like the Marlboro man, but enjoy the song. But I just wondering if a single woman would, you know, be um, would there be any pressure? We've seen no, others. I mean, there, was, there was always pressure though to be flirty when I did good management at um, a certain time. They want you to be more flirtatious, more friendly. You have to go smooth and, you know, all this. And, oh, thank you so much. And they they, they want you to do that. But I've, I've never had a gimmick. I'm just like, this is what it is. Either you like it or you don't. I ain't got nothing else. So. 
<laughs> got you. And you're an, you know, you carry the label as entertainer. So have you tried your hand at acting? I haven't, but people tell me I should, but I'm really shy. I know this is hard to believe, but I'm really shy when it comes to the talking part. Like, I don't like interacting with people. So okay. I get really nervous. <laughs> I, can, I can identify with that. I can sing all day. <laughs> but when I want to talk to you and be personable, I, I, I can't. So you need a singing part. You need to do like your acting would be like you could do the opera. <laughs> I could probably do a musical <laughs> and be okay. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm working on it. I'm definitely working on it. Is that mean like we're finding a Toastmaster group so we can get out of our? Our, our shyness and have our signature speech or does that mean, you know, in an anti-social city, you're trying to find as many people that will talk to you? No, that means <laughs> I'm like going live, <laughs> trying to, trying to be more engaged with the audience that I'm trying to rebuild. I think that's more of getting out of my comfort zone. Oh, they're painting. Yeah, I th- so I'm trying I think, to do Go ahead. I, I think, you know, with, you know, you, you're saying maybe traveling to Vegas and your travels overseas, you might have found your your tribe overseas, which many artists do, as you know. Um, and, you know, they come to America to live, but they work overseas as much as possible and they come back. Just because good music, good quality music is just hard to find. Turn on the radio, you're not going to hear it. You're going to hear Miley Cyrus screaming about something. Then, you know, Taylor (laughs) Swift. And you don't find a, you know, you don't even hear Jill Scott, you know, Jill Scott on on the radio. So we have to ask ourselves, what is music, you know, what is it going to and, um, you know, where, where? is it going where the hell is it going to and how do we make our money but i want i want you to um let the people know um where to find your music after i ask you our signature question and this is um usually our final question is what is your community give back that you're doing or that you want to do in the future wow um big question. Um, I would say being able to help other aspiring artists that look like me um, or that don't have because if I had a head, I think a family that was more invested in my dream, I'd be further along too. So I like to help other people who are in the same position as me or were in the same position as me understand contracts, um, be able to develop their craft in front of a bigger audience and get paid for it. 
So I just like to reach back and help people like that. And my music is to help people heal. So does that mean all the donations, um, all the contributions from your music will go to helping other artists? We got a fund for that. Well, that's what I would like. Like, I've started a publishing company. I would love to be able to start a company that could do that for people, a label that could do that for people. And, of course, I would. you have to spend money to make money. So you have to invest pretty much all that you own earn in the first in the first beginning anyway. But that would be the ultimate dream. I would love to be able to do that and to write for other people. Okay, okay. You. You you didn't catch. I said all your your money go to that, but yeah. Well, in the beginning, and you heard me say in the beginning. <clears throat> in the beginning, yeah. I mean, again, you have to. It takes money to make money, and I'm not in it for the money. I mean, the money is great. The money was great, but I never. I didn't pick up a pen. I didn't pick up a microphone in hopes of making money. I picked it up because I loved it, and that was just it. Money comes. It's gonna always come. That's spoken to a person who truly knows their purpose and and passion in in life. Let the let the people know everywhere that you want them to contact you at. Um, at the end of this interview, let let them know where they can find you. So I'm everywhere: (laughs) Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, (laughs) Facebook. Um, Pinterest is all under the same directive and my website, JaveMusic.com, or you can just Google Jave and I'll pop up and that's J-A-V as in Valentine, A-E, and the word music spelled just as so, and that's where I'm at. I'm everywhere. SoundCloud, Reverb Nation, <laughs> everywhere. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we, we thank you for coming on. We're going to keep listening to the music. We're going to be waiting for the new uplifting. I'm happy and married music. Anytime you be blessed. All right. You guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I think this is a good place to stop our dialogue for this episode and allow you, the listeners, to join the conversation and keep the dialogue going with us online. You can do so by visiting our social media at Facebook, Diversified Game Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, Game Diversified, online, diversifiedgame.com. In your life with the people around you and or join our Patreon and get some nice perks for being involved. If you found a nugget and or like today's episode, you might as well leave a review. And if you leave a review, you might as well share it. If you share it, you might as well subscribe. And as always, thanks for your support. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and A.L. The number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.